everyone. Welcome everyone. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person. And I'm here in the studio with a friend, Lisa Elert. And uh, Lisa is someone that I've known casually um, over the last several years. Our kids have both attended Carmel Catholic High School. And uh, so we've encountered each other on campus there. And so welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I think uh, as people have heard me uh, on the show over the last several months, um, you know, I'm always just looking for anybody who has a burning love for our dear Lord and how he draws us to um, healing and to wholeness. And I know just a little bit about your story. And I've heard other friends go, oh, you need to get Lisa on the show. So that's how Lisa's here with me today. Uh, we, we all have a, wind, a way of finding one another, don't we? Yes. Those of us that are really just so excited about the faith. It's a- Absolutely. It's like when you become a new mom and all you want to talk about is your baby. Exactly. You can talk Jesus all day. Exactly. <laughs> so Lisa, why don't we start with a little bit of background about you. So um, I know that uh, you are, you're, you're a cradle cat. Catholic, correct. Yep. How how did you uh, how did you grow up with the faith? Like, was that something that your family practiced very regularly, or not so regularly? I would say regularly. We went to mass every Sunday for sure, and okay. I went to Catholic schools. Um, my mom had a big devotion to the saints, okay. which was very influential to me, um, and it really kind of manifested more became more important to me as I got older you know okay. I, just like anything else so I feel like for me my faith was always in the background yes. and and I think it's something when you're raised in the faith and especially you know if you go to catholic school you just kind of take it for granted you don't yes. it's just part of who you are part of your identity but you might not give it as much thought exactly um but you know as I as I get older I look back at times in my childhood that were very influential in my faith. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, I can really see the hand of God in certain situations. Beautiful. So why don't you share a few of those really influential moments from your childhood? Sure. Um, you know, I always wanted to be a mom, always. When I was little, I remember people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always was like, a mom, a Aww. mom. And I think part of that fascination, I have a wonderful, wonderful, amazing mother and father, family, whole family, very blessed. Um, But I think that that translated into fascination with Our Lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was such a good model for me to follow in terms of purity and sweetness and goodness and love and charity and all those things. So, um, and she really, my mom had such an influence in my, I don't even know if I want to call it a reversion, but really in digging deep into my faith. Okay. Um, You know, when I was little, I, (laughs) I thought about becoming a nun. We had to write in these journals in fifth grade, and it was about what you want to be. And I was like, "Well, I feel like I should be a nun, but I really want to be a mom." And the teacher was always like, "Well, I'm never going to write on your content. I'm just going to look at your grammar." But she she noted on my content. She said, "Well, you know, if you wanted, to, if you were meant to be a nun, God would put that in your heart." Beautiful. And I was kind of like, "Wow, she wasn't supposed to look at the content." Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, that was such insight for me that I've carried forward that. God really speaks to us through the desires of our heart. Amen. And that's what puts us on the path. And I, I want my children and everyone to really honor that. That yeah. what, what you what you love and what you're drawn to is kind of your calling in life and Amen. your mission in life. I want to affirm know? that very strongly um, because I have met so many people um, over the years who 
are very anxious about trying to discern what God is calling mm-hmm. them to, and they're afraid that, oh, he might call me to be a priest, or he might be called me to be a nun, or he might call me to do something that I don't want to do. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not how he works. Exactly. He, he, you may have to get over some initial uncertainties in the discernment process, mm-hmm. but in the end, if you are being called to that, it is going to fill your heart with so much joy. Totally. So. I came to give life that you might have it to the full, right? Like Amen. that's he, Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so as you desired as a young child, you wanted to be a mom. So hopefully you found the man of your dream somewhere I along did. the way. Oh, I'm <laughs> so blessed. I, yeah. I've been married. It'll be 25 years this August. And um, yeah. Praise God no, for that. He's, he's amazing. I'm very, very fortunate. Wonderful. And did you um, get married to a Catholic man or? Uh, he is actually not Catholic. He, but he is a man of strong faith Beautiful. and he attends mass with us and um that's a blessing he's agreed to raise our children catholic and so wonderful really it's it's beautiful. I'm very, very, very grateful. Thank you, Lord. So yeah. So and you have four children. I have four children. Share a little bit about these oh, children. Oh sure. Uh, my oldest just moved out down to the city. Um, the next one is going to be a junior in college, and then my son will be. So that's Julia, my daughter. My oldest is Amanda. Joey is my son. He'll be a sophomore, and then Molly will be a senior. At high, high school. school. Wonderful. Yes, I know. It's, They're growing it's up. It's a good life. It's a good life. It's what I always wanted to do. I always say it's um, it's the most everything, right? Becoming a mom. It's the most joy, the most fulfillment, the most worry, the most love. It, it <laughs> kind of puts the expletive on every emotion that you have, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. So as you also grew up going to Catholic schooling, you you made the commitment raising your children to also send them to Catholic schooling. Did they go to Catholic grade schools as they well? They did. Yep. Wonderful. They went to St. Joseph's. That's been our parish for, gosh, 20 years. Wonderful. Been there a long time. So, okay. yeah, no, I'm, I, I've... Um, I'm very grateful for our faith and for the opportunity to send our kids to Catholic school and raise them in the faith. Like I said, I, I was just explaining to my daughter the other day. I said, listen, I, um, I'm unlike other parents. A lot of parents say, oh, if you don't, don't want to go, you don't have to go. You get to choose. And I'm like, no, sorry. You, yeah. um, <laughs> as long as until you get through college, even if you're not feeling it, the graces are there. Amen. You go. You I know, you that. go. Even if you just go in college out of respect for me, please, it's the one thing I ask because the mass is everything. It's central to who we are, what our faith is all about. It's what's going to get us through everything. So yeah. um, I'm, I, I'm kind of a hard noser on that I one. think it's, it's a wonderful <laughs> gift that you have given to them, right? Because, and again, not to criticize any of you who are listening right now oh, that sure. yeah. are not maybe holding your children to that same kind of standard, but we would both, Lisa and I would encourage you to try and convince them that this really is a gift to them, whether they feel it or not. It's not about feelings. It's Mm -hmm. about knowing that Jesus Christ is present at the mass in a profound way and blesses us. Whether we like the music, whether we like the homily, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is present on the altar Mm -hmm. and that's why we go to mass. Exactly. Well, and to that end, you would ask for a little bit of my, of my background. And um, like I said, I, when I was a kid, I would go and take my sister's jewelry off and put it on me. I mean, I was not <laughs> present, but I was there physically. Exactly. That's, a, that's the most I could tell you. Yeah. When I was nine years old, I went to Mass and I saw something. 
I saw some figures come out from behind the altar wow. and kneel down. And um, I, I turned white as a ghost, and my mom turned to me and she said, what happened? And I said, did you see, did you see somebody come and kneel at the altar? And she said, no. And I didn't know what to make of it, and I was embarrassed, and I didn't even talk about it. Like, every time my mom would bring it up, I just felt like, don't even, I don't even know what that was, Mom. Like, but as I've grown older and learned to appreciate and really value and respect what the Mass is, I can't tell you how many times I've looked back at that and thought, wow, that, was, I, that was like a gift I get to open the rest of my amen. life. Amen. And when you talk about when people go to Mass and they don't know, you know, when we're there, our, our departed loved ones are there with us. The angels are there. Yes. The saints are there. Yes. I mean, Jesus Christ, his heart. When you look, we just had the Feast of Corpus Christi. And his heart, it's, you know, the, the feast was, yes, it was, the feast was founded. There's so many Eucharistic miracles that show under a microscope, unbeknownst to the scientist, that that is the part of the heart that gives life to the body from a man that was recently um, beaten. Yes. It's, and it's, it, it's um, living blood, and these were old samples, and the heart tissue, the cells themselves should have died almost instantly upon yes. transport. Yes. But years later, they're still alive. Yes. So when we talk about you know the Blessed Mother and my fascination with her, she was the first tabernacle. She carried exactly. Christ, and when we receive the Eucharist, we get to be those tabernacles. We get to carry Christ living within us like our Blessed Mother. Beautiful. You know, and it's that joy sometimes I feel like when I go to mass I'm like I always pray to get more people there yes (laughs) I just I have this vision in my mind's eye where I take my arms and I scoop as many people as I can into the church because that's that's where God is you're gonna laugh because that I have the exact same vision I literally think of that all the time I'm like Lord I just want to bring as many souls to you as possible and I always think about that Good, good job. Wow. <laughs> we just did a wow. high, high five in the studio. That's powerful. That was amazing. Beautiful. Um, and, and I just want to affirm something you said. So you said, you know, our deceased loved ones are present with us, right? Mm-hmm. And that is true, brothers and sisters. Anybody listening in, at every single Mass, we are made present to heaven. And so the communion of saints, so those that are already in heaven, which is the church triumphant. They have triumphed over sin and death, and they are already in heaven. Then there's the souls in purgatory that we call the church suffering, because what what we believe as Catholics is that they're being purified right now of any sins that need still some, um, you know, repentance of some sort, and the Lord in his perfect justice puts them through a time of purification in purgatory. And so, we're also united to them. And then we are the church militant. We're fighting the good fight every day as we march towards the kingdom. And so all together at every mass, we are united as the communion of saints. And our goal is to become saints and to get to that heavenly place where God has made a home for us. So, you know, do not take for granted the great gift of the mass. And do not stay away saying, oh, I don't need to go to Mass. I'm spiritual. I can be on my own. No, it is the greatest gift that we have as Catholics in particular because we can receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Well, and to that end, I have my funny little weird analogy, but I always say if you were to go to this big, beautiful, and, you know, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters, they are amazing. They have yes, the most they are. beautiful faith, and we have so much to learn from one another. Amen. Uh, but the richness that we have with the Mass is something that I want to share with everybody. Yes. And I always say if, you know, you could go, if Brad Pitt was in town, and he was at the Liberty Theater, right? And, uh, excuse me, his movie was yes. at the Liberty Theater. Yes. And it was a surround sound, and you had plush seats, and it was like this whole experience of his movie. And you could go to that movie theater and have this amazing experience with Brad Pitt. Or Brad Pitt himself is actually in town, and he's at the local coffee shop sitting at a table by himself, and you could actually sit down and have a cup of coffee with him. Right. Or share a meal with him. Which would, of course, we would all want to be with Brad Pitt right next to him or <laughs> yeah. whatever, whoever, you know. So our Lord, yes, they can they can really, they can get people so enthusiastic. And I yearn for that in our church. We need that. Yes. We need that enthusiasm and that joy the and fire. that desire, right? So there's it goes back and forth. But we also have the true presence, which you can't beat. Amen. Can't beat it. Amen. So. So let's talk a little bit about the part of your journey um, that involves Our Lady and her her uh, supposed apparitions in this little village called Medjugorje. Absolutely. So one of my best friends, Jenny, uh, went to Medjugorje when she was 16 years old. I just turned, well, I'm 50, I'll be 51. So she was 16, 1986 she went. This was very early on in the apparitions. Um, and she came back and she was on fire. Her family went back several times after. And I remember she told me, Our Lady said, pray the rosary every day. I don't even know if I knew the rosary. I mean, I did go to Catholic school. I don't recall praying the rosary right. back then. Yeah. I, but my friend was very passionate about it, and they were as a family praying it. So I kind of put that in my file, in my brain, but I didn't act on it. But I did. it did really spark this curiosity, like I said, a, about who Our Lady is, about other apparitions, about her messages. And I just had this fascination with it. So... When flash forward, um, Christmas 2000, I've talked a lot about my mom. Uh, my mom had a subarachnoid brain hemorrhage, if I'm saying that right, a spontaneous brain hemorrhage out of the blue. Oh. And she had a 50-50 chance of making it through the day. Wow. Um, and then from there, even if she made it through there, very um, small chance that she would be uh, without any physical defect. Like most people have some sort of you know, paralyzed on one side or what have you. Okay. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to start praying that rosary. So my family and I would gather together and we would pray the rosary for my mom. And we also would pray through the intercession of St. Therese, who was my mom's favorite saint. And the roses were coming out of the woodwork. If people aren't familiar, when you pray through the intercession of St. Therese of Lisieux, she sends you a rose. Yes. And my mom's name happens to be Rosemary. And actually that day, we were praying for a rose and we didn't get it. And um, I said, where's our rose? Where's our rose? And my sister Loretta said, oh, no, no, mom's our rose. She's mm -hmm. the answer to our prayers. She, she will be fine. And that really kept us going and gave us a lot of um, you know, determination. But that kind of put me on the path to being more curious about the rosary and really seeing my mom come through that unfazed better than ever you know amazing what a gift oh and I just felt in my heart like I can never forget this I have to live my life with gratitude because in my my time of need God was there for me how beautiful you know mm -hmm. and, and I really I try to honor that it's kind of this commitment that I made to him through that this promise you know that my life would never be the same again and it hasn't been it's been 
it's been fantastic. Yeah. And can I ask you, did you ever go through a phase in your journey where you fell away from the practice of the faith? Like maybe as a young adult, college years? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, college, I don't remember. I know I went to mass. I don't think I went every weekend. I'm sure I didn't. Um, And same with, you know, it's funny. I lived in Lincoln Park and there's the shrine. Oh, it's so amazing. Um, Oh, and I'm going to forget her name. This little Italian saint. um, I can't remember. Anyway, she was at the end of my block. I lived off of Fullerton. I I passed that shrine a thousand times when I lived there. I used to jog every day and... Never went in. Uh, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. Okay. That's who it is. Cabrini, yes. And I went when my daughter was at Carmel on a field trip there and fell in love with her as a saint. And I thought, gosh, was she like watching over me that whole time, those years where I was just kind of living my own life, doing what I wanted to do, not thinking about God, you yes. know. And um, uh, yeah, so I guess I, of course, yes, I fell away. I, I did go to church, but I don't think I was really... Yeah. present. Yes. And and I did it. too. And I think a lot of people do. Yeah. And I guess what I just want to say uh, to anyone who's listening in who perhaps maybe you've fallen away from the practice of the faith for a variety of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're overwhelmed with uh, your life right now, work gets in the way, family events, all sorts of things can happen in our journey. Um, but we would just encourage you to never think it's too late to come back to the practice of the faith, right? God is always so patient with us. He's always waiting for us with open arms. And um, it is such a gift to be part of a community of believers and to walk together. And and the power of prayer, like you said, Lisa, Mm -hmm. I mean, here your mom could have died or, or been paralyzed or something, and you all turn to prayer and again, you shared that she had a great devotion to the saints. You turned to her favorite saint. Like these are all practices that are gifts to us as Catholics in particular. But it's it's that deep richness of tradition and belief that we shouldn't just turn to during crises, but we should learn to really um, appreciate them throughout the whole journey as you and I have gotten to do now that we're a little bit older and mm-hmm. wiser. Yep. Um, but we urge people not to sit too long on the sidelines. Come back to the church. Come back to the practice of the faith if you've fallen away. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and when you talk about the practice of the faith um, and falling away, you know, I think we all felt distance and it was challenging these first few weeks of the pandemic to connect and go to mass. And um, we were all locked up in our homes and, but something really beautiful grew out of that for me. Um, we started praying the rosary on FaceTime, and this group of women are just incredible. Their commitment, their faith, how we've all, I, there's nothing like community to grow in your faith. You yeah. know, it's, it's hard to do it by yourself. I mean, yes, you have moments where you, you are in deep in prayer, and it's you and the Lord for sure, but um, to learn, to grow, to be inspired by other people is really um, a, a great gift and and full circle moment for me because my mom has been praying the rosary with our rosary group since the the virus started. So really to know that that rosary had such an impact on her journey, my journey, and then to be able to share it with her every day. And, and that must fill her heart with joy. It fills all of us with joy. That's it's so beautiful. Yeah, it really has been a blessing. Can you share a little bit in the last few minutes before we go to break, um, how you started a, going to a non-denominational Bible study? Share a little mm-hmm. bit of how that, how that <laughs> impacted your journey. Yeah, it was great. Um, 
we and when I that's when I say when I talk about my non-denominational friends, they are on fire. They, they are amazing, they are really incredible. Um, so I just would love to see us all join together. I mean, that's Amen. that's my hope too. Part of the scooping, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, so right before the actual September 11th, I looked over at my Bible that was sitting dusty next to my bed, and I talked to it, and I said, mm, I should read you. <laughs> but I didn't read it. I just looked at it and thought that. And, you know, a week or two later, my friend turned to me and she said, oh, it's kind of embarrassing, but my husband's starting this Bible study. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yes, <sighs> yes, I want to do it. And it challenged me in a great way. You know, like I said, you can grow up going to Catholic school, take things for granted. Okay, this is, you know, we believe in the virgin birth. We believe in this. We believe in that. But you don't even think why. You're just like, okay, this is this is what exactly. the faith teaches. And I was suddenly being challenged on things. Yes. And I was like, well, I don't know. So I had to go and research and learn. And I, I just feel like my faith grew by leaps and bounds through their joy, through their love of the word, and through my digging into my own faith and kind of owning it for myself in a way that I hadn't before. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think that is what we're all called to, is to take some ownership of this faith that is a gift from, from God, mm-hmm. but to really want to learn why we believe what we believe so that we can really um, just relish it in our hearts, really appreciate the beauty of what Christ has told us to do through his living word, through the Bible, through the sacraments. Um, it's all such such a gift to us. But if we don't understand it, we can't share it with others very effectively. Yeah. And well, and you're getting to, I, one of the big life questions is um, our free will, right? And a big revelation for me was to realize we have to choose to love God. God would never force us to love him. And the only way love can be real is if it's free, right? So you can give someone a gift, but they could leave it on the table unopened and just let it sit there. And you could have gone and bought the most expensive piece of jewelry, but it's just going to sit there. They're not going to make use of it, right? Yeah. God gives us this like perfectly wrapped the most amazing perfect gift for you that you're ever going to receive but sometimes we just don't even think to open it you know and it's right there in front of us so and there's so many resources on in today's world right uh you know there's the catechism of the catholic church which explains so much of what we believe and why we believe it obviously the bible is the you know the living word that's jesus christ made present to us in his living word there's um Catholic Radio, Yo, right? I was just going to say that. There's Catholic Radio, WSFI, there's YouTube. There, I mean, there's it's so many all things. at our fingertips. Yeah. But it takes that spark, you know, that, that curiosity. If you're not curious, if you're not wondering, you're not going to go, look, so how do we invite people? How do we light that spark yes. within them to get them curious to well, go further? And in this last few seconds before we go to break, I just want to say that as we learn more about our faith, there's healing involved in it. Because when we come to understand the truth and the fullness of who Jesus is in his church and in his, in his word, it brings us freedom and healing and grace like nothing else will. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person, and we will be right back after this short break.
this is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. For baptism, we have cradle medals, baby Bibles, wall crosses, and nightlights. We have beautiful baptismal gowns and accessories, as well as invitations and cards. If you have a First Holy Communion in your family, we have a wide variety of mass books and gift sets, rosaries and medals. We have exquisite veils for the girls and ties for the boys, along with all of the necessary party supplies. Our suggestions for new confirmants include personal-sized Bibles, prayer books, and other spiritual readings that can follow them through their lifetime. And don't forget the godparents and sponsors. We have gifts and cards for them as well. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person, and I'm here with Lisa Elert, and she's been sharing a part of her faith journey with us, um, how she was uh, a cradle Catholic, um, kind of, you know, accepted the faith, believed the faith, but didn't necessarily understand it as a young person, kind of drifted here and there throughout the college years, as most of us do, and then came back after she witnessed the power of prayer through the rosary when her mother was in a very critical um, state. And so let's talk a little bit about your deepening faith and how your best friend inspired you with her own faith journey. Oh, yeah. So my best friend Amy went to Mass every morning with her parents growing up. And um, I even remember a friend's husband used to go to daily mass. And I was like, well, that sure is nice. <laughs> Good <laughs> for them. Yeah, I was like, that is such a nice thing to do. But <laughs> it wasn't like I thought, oh, I should do it. Well, so then my best friend, our kids, we, they've known each other since we were pregnant, basically. And she said, well, when my son goes to school full day, I'm going to start going back to daily mass. And I was like, oh, hmm, maybe I'll try that. Mm. I, I just never had even occurred to me and I was like okay that seems like a really nice thing to do how cool so I started going so going back to my fifth grade teacher I was like you know what I'm never going to do this out of obligation this is not an obligation thing if I go it's only going to be out of love that's my only motivation because that's really that's the only way to do anything right someone invites you to your house you don't want to be like oh I really don't want to go no you want to be like I love you yes I want to spend time with you I want to go exactly so I started going here and there and the days that I didn't go, I wouldn't put it together till the end of the day. I was like, gosh, I am just off today. Like, I am ornery, and I am not <laughs> coping well. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't go to Mass. Yeah. It really connected for me, and I was like, this is crazy. I, I need it. Yeah. I craved it. Yep. I couldn't get by without it. I was, like, needing to make this work in my life. Yes. So that's been, you know, that's my my biggest inspirations in life have come to me in prayer at mass always beautiful and one of those experiences I was praying and this was right before my daughter was going off to college 
And I was thinking, oh, I need to give her a rosary. Like, I need to give her something connected to my prayers when she goes. And then I thought, you know, like a rosary that I've prayed for her on. Yes, beautiful. And then I thought, well, well, everybody should do this. Every mother should do this, should give their child a rosary that they've prayed for them on. So that came to me at Mass, which inspired me to start hosting a rosary out of my house. Beautiful. And it was Gosh, what a gift. You know, and I always say, it's not me, it's Our Lady. She does Amen. it. She does the work. It's, she you does. know, it's not my group. God forbid I would not be good. <laughs> she is, she's running the show for sure. And when I did that, I I found I had a great love for finding people that had strong faith like you, you know, people that are inspiring to me to put in front of other people. Yes. Because it's not the Lisa show. Like I, you know what yes, I mean? Yes. I run dry. I, yep. I, you know what we I mean? I'll do. give you all I got, but it's not much. Like I, right. there are people with, amazing faith amazing stories and i crave those stories like Mm -hmm. when i do laundry i just go on youtube and i'll look up catholic people talking about their (laughs) faith you know and like actually i'll tell you a funny story one woman um i heard her on the radio and i was like wow this i could hear this woman's heart through the radio i could hear she was so passionate and so on a whim i looked her up i called her and i said hi uh, this sounds crazy, but I have women coming to my house to pray the rosary, and I love, and I don't know what it costs, and I don't know where you live, but I'd love to have you come and speak to some women. And she goes, oh, where do you live? I said, I said, Libertyville. She goes, oh, I grew up in Libertyville. I'm like, what? She goes, what street are you on? I said, I live near golf. She goes, oh, I grew up on golf. Oh, my goodness. She goes, I think God wants us to be friends. Aww. So she actually came to St. Joe's, Judy Hare. She's incredible. So, and it just fired me up. Oh, like, yeah. So, you know, and it's just like what you guys do at the radio station yes. to bring people yes. that can inspire you, that have these incredible stories yes. of faith, of conversion. I mean, her conversion story is like incredible. So um, that kind of led me to Carmel Catholic. So Father Ubald has a healing ministry. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I from am. I've, inter- I've interviewed Monique several times. Oh, OK. You guys kind of remind me of each other, too. She's yes. amazing. So. Uh, he was in town and Monique was like well you know he's got this day open I think we had one day's notice and Brad over at Carmel I was like Brad Father Ubald's in town is there any way we can get in front of the kids I mean like in a snap he had them in front of the entire student body it was incredible how beautiful oh I'm so grateful to Carmel really so that kind of got me again excited about putting people of faith in front of others Um, so WSFI hosted him for an interview when, and then we did his movie on the um, on the football field at Carmel. How amazing. So Joan McHugh was here and and Father Ubald, and we did the interview. And I'll never forget, I walked out that night to the most beautiful sunset I have ever seen. I thought I was in heaven. I floated out of the station. It was such a glorious day. It was such a something I'll hold in my heart forever with yes. gratitude to the station for you guys, you know, allowing that moment and sharing his story and yes. And you, you know, this is about healing. His healing gift is incredible. Oh, and I think yeah. even more now, right now yeah. that he's, he's in heaven. Yeah. yeah Cause he, he's with the unfortunately Lord. passed with COVID um, not too many months ago. So yeah. thank you. Uh, so a couple of things I want to kind of go back to. So, um, that beautiful experience of you reaching out to the woman who inspired you on the radio show mm-hmm. and her being from the same street. That, I mean, is how that crazy, crazy is that? But that is God at work, right? Totally. He inspired you to act on this burning in your heart that you felt so mm-hmm. drawn to this woman's story. Mm-hmm. And you're a woman who desires to draw others to the Lord and to, to draw them into more 
a deeper experience of God's love for them, right? And and so he put that desire and that that grace in you and you acted on it. So I, I just want to emphasize to anybody listening in, if you have that kind of nudging, ask the Lord to give you the grace to act on those nudges. Those are those are nudges from the Holy Spirit. And thank you, Lisa, for acting on those nudges oh. because guess what? You will never know until you get to heaven how many people have been perhaps transformed through these little acts of love that you have done because you love God and you want to draw people into relationship with him. So you don't know whose heart was changed when they heard that healing story of Father Ubald. You have no idea the women in your rosary group who years down the road, they may remember something this woman said at that rosary group because you brought her there. Like, we do not know the power of these small acts of love and kindness that mm-hmm. you are making happen out of your faithfulness and your your obedience to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. So thank oh, you. Well, you're very sweet to say that. Thank you for saying that. But honestly, it's one of those things. There's a line in the gospel, and it says... Um, it, far be it from me if I share the like I I am compelled, compelled right like exactly. I don't have a choice and <laughs> truly God is so generous and God is so good I don't take an ounce of credit for a single thing I do I do it all it it's a gift to myself I do it for myself <laughs> I do it selfishly yeah. like God Absolutely. you know you do something for God He's gonna fill you with so much joy and yes. so much gratitude It's not about me It's about Him right like Amen. It's, He's amazing so beautiful well and and you know with the rosary that incidents where she lived in libertyville she lived off of my street those are signal graces right and yes. if you're committed to the rosary our lady gave 15 promises if you pray the rosary and one of them is signal graces and i want to share with you a really sweet beautiful one that just happened today and signal graces are just what they sound like you know those signs where you're like huh well isn't that interesting actually i have two if i if we have please time. yeah so one is um so then we started a speaker series at carmel catholic high yes. school and kevin matthews um i went to go see him and uh, i'd heard about his his conversion and he had this statue of the blessed mother and the day that I went to go see him, I'm blow-drying my hair, and my daughter comes. She loves when I tell this story. And she said, Mom, I'm so sorry, but I broke something really special to you. And I said, you did? What did you break? She said, I broke the Mary statue sitting on the kitchen counter. And I was like, how did you? Wait, like, seriously, it's in the middle. I was, like, not <laughs> nice about it. I'm like, yeah. how? You had to, like, reach to me. And then I was like, wait, hold. Oh, wait. This is weird. Hold on. I'm going to see a presentation called Broken Mary, and she broke my Mary. Isn't that interesting? Right? And his whole presentation was, there's no such thing as coincidence. There is not. So that even more, I was like, wow. So we now have that Broken Mary statue traveling and visiting. And I texted some friends. I'm like, you're not going to believe what just happened. They said, you've been wanting to have a traveling Mary statue. She needs to travel. So flash flash forward, um, Kevin Matthews came to Carmel, and um, he was incredible. And he talked all about how this statue just changed everything for him with a, and filled him with this love for Our Lady. So today, our rosary group, we have a woman in our rosary group, Maggie, who has had this terrible infection in her toe. Awful. Like she can't, she's on IV antibiotics. It's really been a struggle. She's been back and forth to the hospital. And actually yesterday, I just dropped something off and I was noticing this beautiful Mary statue with all these roses around it yesterday. So today, she happened to send us a video. She pulled that Mary statue out of her garden, and her and her husband were polishing it up and cleaning it up. 
and she was like, look, you guys, I'm cleaning up my statue. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, her toe. The Mary statue, the toe, the exact toe that Maggie has, this infected toe, our lady's toe is broken in the same spot oh and like goodness. dark. And uh-huh. she's like, our lady is suffering with me. We're suffering together with these toes. Aww. You know, and it sounds like a silly thing, but it was like, Wow, yeah. that is incredible. Yeah, Our Lady just gives you those signs to, to let you know she's with you and she's helping you in all your struggles and your joys. Absolutely. That was really cool. That's precious. Well, one of the things that I want to go back to, too, is a couple of things. So your best friend. Okay, so mm-hmm. I want to I emphasize to the listeners is that one of the greatest gifts that you can have along this journey of faith is, a, as, is faithful friends. They are such a gift to us because they help to encourage us when we're down. Mm-hmm. They help to challenge us when perhaps we're making choices that are maybe not so godly. Um, they help to inspire us as she inspired you with her actions. Um, they journey beside us. You know, they they love us. Um, they speak truth to us. There's so many benefits of having faithful friends. One of the my favorite um, topics and what I like to call these friends are holy friends. Mm-hmm. And does it mean that we're all perfectly holy? No, but it means we are all journeying towards that goal of becoming holy and faithful as God calls us to be. Um, so again, anybody listening who does not have faithful friends in your life, ask for them, pray for them. They are a great blessing to you and God will give them to you if you pray for them. Um, he wants us to journey with other people. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like the friendships, this is my analogy. I, I love analogies. The friendships that are rich in faith, once you have a friendship like that, that is rooted in the things of heaven and that you desire more than the things of the earth with this friend, you know those those are God-ordained friendships. Amen. And it's it's like going to a four-star Michelin restaurant, right? Like you have the finest meal when you have a friendship like that. It's rich. You want to like savor it. Yes. It delights you. And then you go, if you, you can't go back to McDonald's. <laughs> you know you what I can't. mean? Like you develop a taste for this richness. Yes. And those friends. And they model for me the, the saints. You know, I, I talk about this rosary group a lot. The other day, we were praying for a young man who was in an accident, and of course, we're praying for him. And then one person said, "Oh, if he needs transportation, I can I can get him transportation. Oh, if he needs rehab, I'll I can set him up with this rehab facility. Uh, what does he need? You know?" And and I was like, it moved me to tears that day because I thought, that's how the saints in heaven work. Amen. They watch us go through our struggles. They intercede for us with prayer, and not only that, they take their unique gifts that God gave them, mm-hmm. right? That he gives them to us to serve others. Yes. And that's how they use them. I'm like, this is a model of heaven. This is yes. a taste, a foretaste of heaven. Amen. This is what it's like. That's beautiful. Yeah. And and the reality is that it, it's the body of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if we separate ourselves from the body because we choose not to come into fellowship with other Christians, mm-hmm. we're hurting ourselves because we're choosing to, to be a part and we're missing out on the richness and the beauty of that journey of faith with others. And if you think about 
we all have gifts. Every single one of us has mm-hmm. gifts. And, you know, one person is an evangelist. Another person has maybe the gift of prophecy. And another get person has the gift of hospitality. And there's so many beautiful different gifts. But when we come together, there's this richness, like you said, this banquet. And all together, it's so it's like a, a symphony. Mm, and yeah. so, yeah, don't stay apart. I love that. Find a group to belong to and and it will change your life. Yeah. And you think about it, you know, in the culture we're in right now, it can be challenging. And I'm always thinking, how can we bring people, how can we bring people, draw them to the faith? The early Christians, they were small, right? And what they did was they loved one another. Amen. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's that's what you have to do. You just love one another. and. God will fill your heart with such joy that it's like a magnet. It draws souls. It draws you. You want to be drawn to people that have that joy, that faith, that hope, that encouragement, right? And we all have our weaknesses and we all have our times that we struggle. And like you said, that's how, you know, sometimes you're climbing that hill. And I always say, sometimes someone's further down the hill and you got to give them that rope and pull them up. And then other people are pulling you with the rope. But we're all climbing that hill. We're all trying to reach the top of that same hill. Exactly. Beautiful. I love your analogies. I know that you, you know, just based on some of your sharing, that you have this passion for the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Uh, you want to share a little bit about this person, Tim Francis? And oh, sure. Yeah. So again, I have this thing where I just watch YouTube videos and then I call random strangers. That's <laughs> inspiration. It's pretty bold. I don't know where it comes from. I, I don't know. It. But um, I, so I've been doing this for a long time, watching videos, trying to be inspired and learn and one video in particular I came across and I just was blown away and it was this gentleman Tim Francis and he um, was doing a presentation and he basically talked about how his mother prayed for him and the power of a mother's prayer mm-hmm. and his mom presented him with these Eucharistic miracles that I touched on earlier there was actually um, a made for TV special with Giselle Fernandez um, and then his name was Mike Willisy from Australia. He's like the Mike Wallace of Australia. Okay. They did a Fox special in the 80s. I think two million people watched it at the time. Wow. And it was on a woman that, that bore the stigmata. It was on um, Eucharistic miracles. And it was on a statue that was bleeding. And under, again, under analysis, this tissue was hu- uh, human flesh. Okay. Um, so these scientific, people say the church is anti-science. I mean, the God created science, right? So God can create miracles and and do things that we can't even imagine. Um, So he came, he did actually Zoom, a Zoom presentation for us. Um, And he's got this mission to start a Catholic production company and get movies. And, you know, I do think it's important, just like WSFI is doing, to get beautiful, compelling Catholic content in front of people. Yes, I agree. You know, I agree. Um, speaking of the true presence, there is a, an exhibit of the yes. panels yes. by Carlo Acutis. Yes. yes, we've hosted that um, exhibit several times at oh. St. Gilbert. Okay, and it has touched a lot of people as they've learned about the various Eucharistic miracles mm-hmm. that have happened throughout the centuries. And as again, as we come to understand the real presence of Jesus, His body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist and our ability to go to, to Mass, at least on Sunday, but more often if we have the time and, and ability, we become more and more like Jesus as we take him in to our mm-hmm. bodies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's what I would encourage our listeners to think about is if you're not able to get there every day, 
um, maybe you can at least go on Saturday morning and and Sunday, you know, um, or one day in the week, just make a special effort to get there before going to mat or going to work or whatever. It is life changing when you add more of God's grace um, as a gift into your journey. Oh, if if we only knew, if we only knew, the doors would be we'd be standing in line for miles if we knew what a gift it was. You talk about Carlo Cutis. I have such a special interest in him lately. He, for those that don't know, he was 15 years old, I think, when he passed, but he had a fascination with the Eucharist. His mom wasn't even going to church, and he brought his mother to church. And he was fascinated with Eucharistic miracles and did a presentation, I think, on 28 or 29 Eucharistic miracles that's available to anybody that wanted to have it at their parish. Um, and there his body was exhumed recently and was found incorrupt and he was technologically gifted and loved a eucharist so he did like they look like science projects basically on eucharistic miracles i've seen the exhibit it's incredible yeah and i know there's a very high quality production value film coming out i want to say in december unless it got pushed back on eucharistic miracles how beautiful that i'm really eager to see and in the eucharist jesus will change the world you know we look we can look with all that's going on in the world right now with the virus lockdowns people being sick people being scared i mean there's there's a lot of things you know and especially in our prayer group if we didn't have the hope and the joy of our faith you know it could be troubling to know there's so there's so many beautiful prayer requests that come in but god in an instant can can make everything perfect right and and i think the knowledge of his presence in the eucharist is the key to turning everything around really beautiful that's it he's with us it's the source and summit of our faith i'm not saying anything new that's what the church has taught for two thousand years but we forget you know like there's pew studies that show that even catholics don't we don't know we don't know forgive them father they don't know what exactly they you know there's there's always a time the time might be now for you to Get, get rid of mass. Get back. Get back. <laughs> You'll never regret it. Well, so we've we've covered so many different topics, Lisa, and thank you so much for sharing your faith with us. Um, you know, you've talked about um, the prayer, the power of prayer through through the rosary, but even just gathering together in fellowship with other faithful Christians. You've talked about the mass. You've talked about. Um, just listening to others that are on fire for the Lord and letting that inspire you to deeper um, conversion in your heart. And again, all these things bring us to healing and wholeness of life, which is what God wants for us. Um, Exactly. So don't sit on the sidelines. Don't be discouraged. Get up and come and, and, and be a part of this beautiful journey of faith in a more active way. I, you know, Lisa, you're obviously a very active person. You you take um, risks by calling these people you don't know, and I love that. That's a beautiful witness. Um, not everybody's going to have the courage to do that, but you could at least go to a local church this weekend if you haven't been there for a while, or call up a friend who you know is practicing their faith and ask them to have coffee with you and maybe share their faith with you. Like. Right. Those right. little simple things can be life-changing. Even just if you're questioning your faith, I think the first place to start is in your own heart. And, you know, all you talk about healing, all healing begins in our heart and yes. in our soul, Amen. right? God might, I, I, I feel like I was, um, you know, the church, there's so many saints that suffered, that offered up their suffering. And St. Faustina, we just prayed the chaplet. She said, 
if I knew the value of suffering, I would suffer so much more just to gain a higher place in heaven, right? Exactly, exactly. But our hearts and our souls, God will always heal. Amen. And the reality is he calls us to pick up our cross and follow him, right? He never leaves us and he helps us carry those crosses no matter how difficult. And then our brothers and sisters who are faithful join us in the journey and they also help us to carry those crosses. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful faith with us. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person, and thank you all for listening in. God bless. Together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me our EWTN family prayer. Today we pray for those who desire